A serial entrepreneur. Our guest today is Hugo Richard. He has been involved in many different projects over the past four years in France, the UK and Australia, all of which use artificial intelligence. Being dyslexic and dysgraphic himself, he knows a lot about the struggles of learning disabilities. If you haven't guessed already, today's topic is on artificial intelligence, also known as AI. And I have to tell you a little secret. When I first heard the term AI, I thought we were talking about aliens. I soon came to realise that this wasn't the case. Today's topic has fascinated me for a number of reasons. How AI uses robots, not aliens, to change the world, and how this change is being led by some amazing, talented people who happen to have dyslexia. In the near future, the OECD anticipates that 14% of jobs are likely to become fully automated through artificial intelligence. Hugo and his team at DisTech are doing just that using AI to screen for dyslexia. Their work in AI is coming straight out of rural Victoria in the beautiful Gippsland. It's so exciting to see this type of creativity and technology coming out of the region. And I hope you enjoy this thought-provoking interview today. Welcome to the show today, Hugo. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you um, have set up a number of startups around the world, really, in France, the UK, and now Australia. So how did that all come about? Oh, well, um, I actually don't really know. Um, what I know is that I, um, so four years ago when I came to Australia, I actually went to a conference where, you know, there were um, successful entrepreneur talking and then I happened to sit ne- next to that guy and then I happened to talk to him and he, he was from Pakistan and at that time he was my age, so 21. And he just sold his company $5 million and he's from Pakistan. Um, so um, I really had a tilt in, in my head saying, well, well, maybe I can do something like this and, you know, change, you know, do something bigger than me. And so this is where I really kind of started the, the entrepreneur journey. it's a long journey isn't it yeah Yeah. and that's funny that you mentioned alien because i i remember i was in london i was at an an expo and then i had this conversation with that guy and he he was an engineer and he so talked about ai and all that sort of thing and at the end of the conversation he said to me well hang on is is ai agriculture industry (laughs) (laughs) no wrong wrong subject (laughs) so yeah Yeah. so i need to be clear at the beginning that it's not aliens it's artificial intelligence (laughs) and we'll use ai as a as an acronym for it (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) so um when we first met we shared our stories about being dyslexic and our different journeys and i found out about you in um, a newspaper article Um, so what was it like for you growing up at school and then starting in this area of entrepreneurship? Well, when I, obviously I, so I am dyslexic, but I was also, well, I am also um, dysgraphic. And so when I started primary school, I just couldn't read and write. So, you know, the, the both ma- major skill to have when you go to primary school, I didn't have them. And so... Um, for about two years, um, obviously, you know, we, we, the, the teacher were saying to mom that, you know, I was lazy and then I needed to do more and then 
all those sorts of things. And then after after two years, Mam actually figure out that there were really something wrong and it's it's not going to go away. Um, and so she booked me with a speech pathologist. Um, and well, here we go, dyslexia and dysgraphia. So I've actually spent two years um, every week with a speech pathologist to learn how to read and write. Um, and I'm, I'm still a terrible writer. Um, so, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's been, I think I've been lucky because, um, you know, I've met a lot of people who didn't have that chance to, you know, be diagnosed and, and go through a program and all that sort of thing. So, but yeah, you know, it was, it was pretty tough um, when I very first started. Um, and obviously school didn't really match with me. So I mean, my way of learning and things like that. So, you know, I dropped out of school pretty early. Um, and yeah, so it, it was pretty tough, I would say. Yeah, so you're, you grew up in France. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, it's great that you were diagnosed at such a young age because in Australia it's still lacking yeah. um, that opportunity to be assessed early and then to have proper intervention. So, unless your parents can afford to um, give you that speech therapy you need every week, um, a lot of children miss out on those opportunities. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I mean, that's, what, that's why, you know, we do what we do at DISTEC. Um, yeah, the, the, the thing is, you have a massive unbalance between, you know, supply and demand. So there's much more people with dyslexia than there is people able to assess or, you know, run program for, for people with dyslexia. So, you know, slowly but surely, hopefully we can, we can work towards bringing back the balance, um, equilibrium within, within that industry. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've got the technology to do that. So. So you moved to Australia four years ago. Was that to set up your company, Distech, that we're going to talk about today with our listeners? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I, so I dropped out of school pretty early. So I've got a small academic background in printing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was in France. I was doing um, night shift as a printer. And then I, I kind of wanted to do something else somewhere else. And so I've started sending my resume all around the world and I, I just happened to, to obtain a job in Australia. So oh, wow. <laughs> all everything and then flew to Australia and then, yeah. Um, so it was really not, uh, it was, I, I wasn't really in the entrepreneur activities that I am now at, at, at the time. I was really much just work and, you know, just basic work and trying to, to figure out really what I want to do with my life. Um, but yeah, the, the main cause was just work, really. Work, yeah. It's amazing what the dyslexic journey takes you on once you start it and the amount of amazing people you meet um, once you decide that that's a space you want to work in. And it's interesting because when I read your article, I was quite sceptical of artificial intelligence being able to um, screen or assess someone that has dyslexia, uh, which was my curiosity curiosity led me to talk to you actually because I was very skeptical of how you could actually do that and it's been great to learn um, a lot about it because I feel that there'd be quite a lot of resistance to this type of technology supporting um, young people with dyslexia so can you explain to us a little bit about how artificial intelligence works within your organization and what you've developed with your app sure um, so 
And that's a good point because, you know, we've, we've got a big challenge between, you know, there's dyslexia, which is very complex, but we've also got AI, which is also very complex. And the challenge is how do we actually get this and explain this in a simple word, how, how it could work. So, so, okay, so artificial intelligence is basically, um, it's a scientific field and it's hard science, which means it's basically math and equation and calculation. Um, and within this field, there is a subfield of AI, which is called machine learning, which is, which is what we're actually using. And so, um, just to put you in context, with, with machine learning, we can, for example, as we speak, we can take a photo of your skin and um, diagnose whether or not you have skin cancer with higher accuracy than, than human diagnosis. So that's what we are able to do with, with such a technology. And so we, we've got a fair amount of expertise in this. And um, basically, we thought about, well, you know, we could apply this to dyslexia. And so the way that it works is like if you, if you were to build an algorithm to recognize Apple on an image, for example, what you'll do is you'll actually build up two data sets. So one data set will be of, you know, thousands of or millions of images which contain an apple. And the other data set would be um, millions of images of everything but an apple. And what you can do is you can actually train what we call a neural network, which is just a really a big complex algorithm to learn the differences between what is an apple and what isn't. So really, it's, it's training a machine to um, predict based on observation. And so at the end, what you have is you have a model which when you feed it an image, it will tell you whether or not there's an apple. And so basically what we do at this tech, we do exactly the same thing. We are um, currently working with, with um, teacher and, and speech pathologists to collect audio recording um, from children which has already been diagnosed with dyslexia. Uh, but also from children who, you know, we are pretty sure that they don't have dyslexia based on their on their reading level, and so we're building a, those two data sets, and um, we are actually architecturing a model, which with enough data we'll be able to, by just listening to an audio, audio recording, tell whether or not there's a high chance of dyslexia. That's pretty much how it will work. <laughs> it's fascinating to think that a machine will be able to diagnose when, well, we should say screen, um, when it takes a good six hours for someone to be assessed through a neuropsychologist at the moment, by the time you collect their medical history, do the assessment and then yeah. provide that feedback. So it sounds like it would be a very quick way of gauging what's happening for somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a small step forward to bringing back the balance between you know supply and demand and, and, and I mean, you know, we've talked to many teachers and I'm pretty sure you have to, um, Shay. And, and, you know, it's not, it's like, you don't have time when you have 30 child, you have them only for one year. As a teacher, it's physically impossible for you to, you know, take time for every single student to, to fit, try and figure this out. It's, it's just, it requires way too much expertise and, and background and, and a lot of time. So it, most of the time it's just time for uh, a teacher. And so 
you know, if you can have a model that can actually tell you whether or not there's a high chance of dyslexia in like 10 minutes, well, you kind of, you can arm teacher with such a tool and then, you know, because obviously you know that being aware is half the battle. So, yeah, that's, that's really the goal of, of, of helping adults, um, you know, being aware as soon as possible. So with the AI at the moment, it's just a purely screening for reading differences compared to the normal, we'll say, when neurotypical population versus um, someone that's got a reading difficulty. Is that how it's picking it up at the moment? Yes. So if a child has hearing impairment and this child may have trouble reading, um, what the assessment will do is it, it will actually tell you that there's a very low chance of dyslexia because it's actually not dyslexia, it's something else. So that's one thing that the, the assessment will do. It will actually remove or validate um, the, the dyslexia. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that it do. The other thing which um, the app would be able to do, and it's, and it's very, it's somehow you can, you know, it could be contradictory to what dyslexia is because as you know it's a lifelong disorder so you're dyslexic when you're born and then you'd be dyslexic when you die so it's like whether or not you can read and you run for a program and you read much better and you, you, you know you're fluent in reading you still have dyslexia but the thing is the, the the assessment that we do is based on observation so it's basically what we can observe of dyslexia. And in, in this case, it's actually reading. So if, if someone has dyslexia and work a lot on its reading ability, um, the, the assessment will actually change a little bit. So, we, you know, you'll still be dyslexic, but you, could, you will see a differences between the severity of the assessment and towards a more uh, mild dyslexia. And so, what we can do is we can actually also measure um, the improvement of a child if if that child has been run for a program. Um, but look, this is this is again. There's a lot of work that we're currently doing on that. There's a lot of research and trying to to figure out um, really much how all of this would work. And um, so you know, we're talking to literacy expert to actually try and get their feedback on this. Um, but the main you know, medium to long term for us is really to build an assessment where you can diagnose, oh, sorry, assess dyslexia before the end of reading. Um, and a way we could do this is to design a game um, and collect data and try and follow this child when um, they're at age of reading, see whether or not they're dyslexic and try and see if we, we've actually picked up some patterns um, throughout their, their game uh, before the age of reading and see whether or not there's something that, you know, differentiate children with dyslexia and, and children without. But that's, you know, that's further down the line. But that, that's really, that's the goal. That's fascinating. Have you had any pushback? Because, I mean, I think what you're looking at is the root cause, which is a pure reading um, disability or disorder, um, but which has multiple impacts on us day to day. 
um, that people don't always understand because it can impact our organisation skills, time management. We get our lefts and rights confused. Um, there's a number of different characteristics that you can have when you're dyslexic. Um, and within the Australian context, I mean, there's people that are pro advances in technology. There are some people that are still stuck on, we need to be putting phonics into schools and that's all we should be doing. Um, versus, you know, by the time you get to the workplace, there's nothing at all. So there's all these different things happening in Australia. Um, so what's the reception been like from people? Sure. Um, look, you know, when you come to someone and say, well, a machine can do this and and this specific task that's been done by the machine has been done by, you know, neuroscientists, psychologists, speech pathologists, and literacy experts for years. Um, it's not it's not easy, um, and 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 especially because we we actually don't have any neuroscience or, or psychology background in the team. No, I noticed very, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very hard for us to explain that we actually we don't need this background for what we do um and so look you know we we've 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 had some very positive um and and supportive people that we've talked to um professional and and teacher and 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 you know we've, we've got a lot of parents also um but obviously you know some of them and mo most of it are professional they you know sometimes they're very um negative and, and reluctant on on their approach which is fair enough um, and, you know, we just have to better work on, on the message that we, we put to the universe. But, um, yeah, it, and, you know, most of the time, you know, we've been contacted by the government and then all, and all different organizations. And then they're asking us about the research paper, like what research are you doing and like where, what is your approach based on? Can you provide us with existing paper? And the thing is, you know, all what, what's happening is, you know, dyslexia has been, um, you know, researched in, you know, neuroscience and speech pathology and, and, and psychology. And so you've got a lot of paper on this and it's all about dyslexia. But the thing with, with AI is you've got a lot of paper, but the, the application is so wide, you know, you've got self-driving car, face recognition, you know, um, smart contract, all those sorts of things. And it, it's all using the same technology. Um, so we, we don't have paper <laughs> to, to show people. And actually, there's one paper from uh, the University of Israel, I think, um, where they, they've actually scanned um, brain of dyslexic and they've trained a neural network using AI to predict um, dyslexia. And I think they had about 80% chance of, of, of um, you know, 80% accuracy. So, you know, it's been happening already, but we've, we've brain scanned. Yeah. Um, and and what, what we do is we, we just say, well, brain scan is not really usable and it's not really, you can't really- It's not accessible. <laughs> it's not really accessible. So what we All said right. is, well, we can do this with, with audio. So. Yeah, I mean, that's why when I said before that I was sceptical initially coming from a speech pathology background and a research background is where was the research. But I mean, for me, I guess it's, you know, thinking outside the box and which we do as dyslexics um, and leading the way in providing better access for young people um, to be able to 
be screened at least early so they can then go and have an official um, diagnosis or if they need it. Um, and I think because you're linked with so many universities, you're trying to build that research, which is a key component to, I think, the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And look, you know, and again, the thing is, we've got nothing to sell yet. So we're not selling anything. We're just saying, well, here's, here's what we, here's the approach. Here's the problem that we're solving. Um, we're currently collecting data. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, when, when we're going to have a model which will assess dyslexia, first of all, it's not going to be 100% accurate. It, you know, you, you can't have something which is 100% accurate. Um, and secondly, you know, we're going to say, you know, there's going to be, we're going to let people being aware that it's not, it's not 100%. It's like, you know, we've got a 90% or, or 95% chance of, of accuracy, but, you know, it, it's actually better than nothing. Um, and, and, and further down the line, you know, we, we, we probably, um, put this assessment in the hands of, you know, um, in, independent research center so that they can test and, you know, do their own report regardless of us being involved. And then they can come back with some, you know, some official report about, well, it's actually accurate and then all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that, uh, I, and we, we completely understand that, you know, in order for, for such a thing to be used in real life situation, um, there's a big step for us towards, um, you know, gain this accreditation from, you know, existing scientific bodies or, you know, existing organization who work in the industry. And, and, but the thing is, you know, it's, it's very, 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 very easy to prove that the assessment we have work. And the reason for that is because it's math. So it's like, let's say we have a model and, you know, we have 10,000 audio recording of, of children, which we know have been diagnosed with dyslexia. We, we can actually test this model on the 10,000 audio recording. And then we just do, you know, we just do the average. And at the end, we can say, well, you know, out of 10,000, we've got 95% of correct answer. So it's like we can literally benchmark and, and prove the accuracy of the model in, in, in two, three days easily. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting to see this type of technology coming out and coming out of regional Victoria too in the beautiful um, Gippsland area, which I also love and um really excited that we're able to promote such amazing local products coming out of regional areas. How did you end up down in Gippsland? Work. <laughs> so whatever. So you moved came. from France, you moved from France to Gippsland, did you? Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. And so, um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, the, the, there's not a big tech community because, you know, we're a tech company. So like really we, we geek. <laughs> so we, we try and how to talk education, but really we, we're really much computer scientists and, 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 and tech people. So the community is not huge in Gippsland um, mm. in, in the tech industry. But what's interesting is that we, we actually managed to talk to local government. We managed to talk to local school um, and look, it's been like the return we've got is so positive. Uh, I mean, you know, we've been lucky to, we've had the ABC, um, radio. We, we went on an interview with them. We've been lucky enough to go on win TV. And so there's this whole sort of 
positiveness vibe <laughs> in the region about what, what we do, you know, when we talk to people and things like that. So it's, it's surprisingly um, positive and, and people are actually very open to it. So, you know. And I guess um, coming out of a regional center, um, people are looking for innovation and new things to promote. So it's um, sometimes a bit easier to get that publicity and ability to talk about your work versus if you're in Melbourne when there's numerous tech companies all trying to do similar things. So I think that's a real strength of uh, living in rural area and being able to work out of a regional hub like um, Gippsland. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Some 100% agree. Um, and also, look, you, you've been lucky enough to to um, get some um, um, government funding and we work with Federation University here in, in Churchill in Gippsland. So, it, you know, it's a very small world. And the good thing about having a small world is that, you know, it's easy to bounce idea around and, and get to the people that you need to, 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 to know and, and feel that. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been very positive so far. That's great. And I do love Gippsland. <laughs> it's one of our central uh, regional hubs. So on a personal level, um, what have you faced, had some of the biggest challenges for you in this space being dyslexic and dysgraphic? I mean, generally we talk to our speakers around some of the challenges they face and what the, some of the strategies they use to support them in their work. So, I mean, mm. my research that's coming out shows that entrepreneurs, um, although self-employed, are the happiest in the research I'm currently doing in my PhD. Um, so what are some of the strategies that help you manage day to day? <laughs> Have you ever had to think about it? <laughs> I, I haven't, but look, I'm, I'm, okay, so here's what I'm terrible at. I'm terrible at admin. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very disorganized. Um, and <laughs> I'm terrible at grammar and spelling. Um, so one strategy that I'm using for grammar and spelling is I'm using this thing called Grammarly, mm -hmm. um, which literally changed my life on like, well, uh, I'm about to write this email to, um, you know, those, those potential people to work with. <laughs> Better make sure that, you know, there's not too much um, of a mistake in my, in my text. So I'm using this um, in regards to... Uh, you know, because what we're doing is new and does not exist, we, we challenge on, you know, we have this plan and then it's, and, and the next day, you know, we actually not going this way, we're going the other way. And then it's actually not blue, it's red. And then, you know, you've got all those uh, new thing. And so you, you need to be extremely flexible onto, you know, what you do. And, and so look, to-do list has been my life um, saver. A to-do list, did you say? Yeah, the to-do <laughs> list. Um, and, and look, you know, um, I'm using Siri a lot. So, you know, um, a smart assistant, like, you know, Google Home. Um, as soon as I've got something that I need to do, I'm just saying, Siri, you know, create, create an event in my calendar or, you know, remind me to do this. Um, and that, oh, that's wow. So it can create an event for you. I'm going to have to start using Siri because <laughs> I can't live without my um, electronic calendar and I've, been terrible lately at leaving my phone everywhere and not having it with me and then I'm just so lost because I don't have anything like organized or listed somewhere so I know what I'm doing yeah uh, me too look I've got like calendar is also a big part but yeah look series is a very um, fast and easy way to just 
remember stuff <laughs> and you, you just talk to it, you know? And so it's, it's been, yeah, it's been very, it's been something I'm using every day, I think, you know, just to put the bean at. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> that you forgot and then like, you know, your phone is actually here for you. So. <laughs> yeah. I think I need a watch that says to me, have you got your phone? So that Siri could say to me, have you got your phone <laughs> now? Because I'm just so busy. I have to sit, before I walk out the door and go, have I got my laptop? I've got my iPad. I've got my, like go through that checklist because yeah. otherwise, inevitably, I'm leaving something. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And look, you know, it's the same for us. We've, we've got, you know, we had very, very high um, interest in in the past couple of months, and we had so many people contacting us, and literally, you know, hundreds of email. And then, so we were underpowered to to reply to all of those email in a timely manner. So, you know, you had to like triage and say, okay, I didn't reply to him and her and, and uh, you know, uh, and all sort of thing. And it's like, it's been very, um, to be honest, it's been very challenging because, you know, you have multiple conversation with different, you know, people or organization or, and, and, and it's like, you need to keep it in order. So CRM is key, <laughs> mm-hmm. customer relationship management. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you know, you, uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think, Look, technology is actually the solution. I mean, it's been a big solution. You know, we're using Google Calendar, we're using Siri. Uh, I mean, Google Maps. <laughs> Google Maps, absolutely. Look, you know, it's it's, yeah, it made it so much easier for us dyslexic with having a phone in our hand. You know, we we like <laughs> empower us with all sorts of skills. Yeah, it makes me um, a bit sad for generations prior to us that haven't had that. Um, access because I know for me I certainly wouldn't be where I am without technology Um, and really just navigating day-to-day is really hard so it's you know sad to think that people hadn't didn't get those opportunities that we're so lucky to have now absolutely yeah and and you know it's it's just going to keep going further and further um, you know and 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 I think it's great but you know there's also some downside but um, as long as if, if as long as all those technology are made with hopefully good intention, you know, it will help uh, yeah. much more. And, and you know, the same in I think I think same in the education industry. You know, well, you know, education has been the same for for years now. Where you know, you're the only medium of learning is reading and writing. Um, but now you can see um, all those, uh, you know. Uh, mock like massive online courses um where it's it's just a video and you know you get your lesson by video and, and all sorts of things so i mean i've been learning everything i know about entrepreneurship business economy ai all that sort of thing just on youtube like if you want to learn how to grow strawberry you go on youtube and you type how to grow strawberry and that's it you, you know how to grow strawberry in four minutes <laughs> it's like i asked my dad things he says shay just go and google it i'm like dad you don't even know how to use google yourself so that's his you know just go and look it up online now which is an amazing thing i find online learning a bit challenging because i like to be able to talk to people and get yeah. their thoughts and yeah. bounce ideas off people but um it's an excellent way now it opens up doors for people that never had that opportunity before oh so much and the thing is like it's like it's like so school is education for the mass. YouTube is personalized education. Like I want to learn something. I type the subject in. I'm tired of learning it. I press pause. You know, it's like I, I do it my way, you know. Um, yeah. So it's, it's highly personalized education. Now, you know, obviously you'd have to make sure that you'd have to be 
you know, there's some risk in that where if, if you don't have too much critical thinking, you may end up listening to some wrong information, which are very misleading. But, um, you know, I think school should teach children with very high critical thinking and being able to actually check the sources, ask questions about what you hear and, and, you know, try and figure out if, if it's true. Um, and then, you know, YouTube is, is the best place on earth. I mean, you can learn anything you want. Mm. That's right. That's what I t used to work with my students and say, don't just look at Wikipedia. You need to go to other things as well. It's not all true on Wikipedia. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So what do you hope um, to see change in the next five years around dyslexia and the work with you're doing in technology? Oh, very easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I want every single school on earth to be able to um, assess the risk of dyslexia on every children. Um, that's one. Um, secondly, I really want to be able to. Well, hopefully, if you know, if we, if we, if we, if we've proven to be successful, which I'm pretty sure we will, <laughs> um, <laughs> we we really want to also be able to measure, um, you know, program. And, and, you know, if we have a good measuring tool, um, we, we will be able to measure program and, and write them, you know, on, on say, well, you know, this technique is actually working a lot and, you know, this one may not be as great as the other one. Um, but yeah, really awareness would be key. I really, I really think that, you know, it's the first step. Like you, you have to start by being aware. There is no point finding the best solution if no one can be aware in, in, in very short amount of time for very little money. So, you know, yeah, being aware is the first step. I completely agree. And that's the first part of really how the foundation started was trying to raise that awareness. I mean, there's no point providing assessment services or running training if people actually aren't aware of the problem and want to engage with you in the first place. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of our biggest areas that we focus on. And yeah. podcast is one of those ways to help raise that awareness. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about what you, you guys are doing at Dear Dyslexic, I think it's fantastic. But, and that made me think we had a, we've presented DISTEC to a business meeting in Gippsland to business owner. And then, you know, we were telling what we were doing. And then there were that guy, he's a, he, he owned a, a, a plumbing company and he had an, an apprentice and he was, you know, obviously he wasn't really, you know, he was pretty poor, so he couldn't afford to, to, to do a diagnosis for dyslexia and he just couldn't read and, and couldn't write. And so he paid for his diagnosis and now he's hundred percent dyslexic and he just now, it's like, that's it. He's got, he's got this thing now where he's, he knows and he actually work on it and he's just a different person. And so it's very interesting to see employer to actually, you know, you know, figure out that, well, you know, maybe, you know, there's something wrong and, you know, we can actually leverage this because what we need to think of is that, you know, dyslexic people are very talented people, you know? Um, and so if you know how to leverage someone with dyslexia for your organization, then, you know, you, you, you're probably going to want to hire just dyslexic people at the end of <laughs> but you know like it's like seriously if you take the stats and you know you know that like if you take the stats of of people with dyslexia it's on the extreme so it's like 
either you know most of them are in jail or most of them work at NASA are self-made millionaire or billionaire or very successful entrepreneur so it's like we are in the extreme and the thing is the the bad extreme of you know being in jail and being not a good citizen and things like that it's only due to education it's just because you know you don't have your place at school um, and so the best way for you to be part of something in society is you know do you know it's easy to do crime so so yeah, yeah. and some of the smartest criminals have learned really um important strategies for the streets we were talking to um we had a presentation at the prisons the other week and we were talking about entrepreneurial skills or the strengths and how um when people in the corrections are going back to ed be educated and they can access TAFE um through the education prison system that you know it's looking at their strengths and they didn't get there they've clearly got some strengths that might be street smarts they might be good at business um, or maths, and it's trying to draw on those strengths that they have to re-engage them in the education system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's because, like, we've started this tech and I've actually started educating myself about dyslexia. Because, like, I, I literally, like, two years ago, I was... I, I, I knew I was dyslexic, but it was completely out of my mind. I was just living my life, doing my things, and then... Um, so we started this tech and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to educate myself about dyslexia and what it is. And I've learned so much thing about myself, like why I'm doing things such a way and why I'm like not good at focus and all that sort of thing. And I've learned so much and I was like, oh, hang on, that's why. And that's why. And then, but, and, and so I don't know if it's me, but I, and maybe because now we, you know, we've got a big network of, of people involved in dyslexia you know we talk to yourself and other foundation and, and and other advocate i don't know but i think it's something that's now we actually I'm, my view on that is that we're actually talking more and more about it but it's maybe whether or not it's my own bubble that i'm talking you know we're talking a lot to people in the industry but i think there is this sort of uh, movement who where you know people start to get a clue about, okay, well, this thing exists and it's actually, you know, around on average about 20% of the population, something like that, which yeah, is more than the population of China. So maybe we should try to actually, you know, get a clue of what those type of individuals are doing in society and how we can actually, you know, do something about it. So, yeah. yeah and I think you're right. There is starting to be a groundswell. Is that the right term? there's starting to be a movement in Australia Yeah, that's yeah. starting to happen. And it's a really exciting time, I think, to be working in this space and trying to ensure that everyone has the opportunities that we've got to have um, so that they can have positive lives as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our audience before we wrap it up today? Well, yes, you have the technology to assess dyslexia. Um, we just have to... Uh, trial and error and trial and error and then and, and at some point we would be able to you know to have something to assess dyslexia and if you take artificial intelligence i mean you know most of the people have heard of it either in the news or some new product using the technology and you know you can you can have an idea of the impact that ai had on society in the past five years and we just have to take this technology and 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 put it towards dyslexia and, and it's going to work. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Hugo. It's been a very thought-provoking and educational session, learning more about AI and not aliens <laughs> and how we can um, contribute to changing the world for those that have dyslexia. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Shay. If you'd like to find out more about Hugo, his story and all the wonderful work that DisTech are doing through their app, then head to the Dear Dyslexic website. Also, if you haven't already done so yet, make sure you sign up to our mailing list so you can keep up to date with all the work that we are doing at the Foundation. Head to deardyslexic.com. And don't forget, if there's anything you've heard today that you've found distressing, you can contact Beyond Blue, 1300 224636 or Lifeline 13 11 14. Thanks for listening and until next time, bye for now.